Hello there, and welcome to Dopamine and Other Happy Chemicals, the show that is like a tadpole just wandering the stream, kind of useless and hoping to grow up eventually. Today on the show, I'm talking about mastering your personality as an INTP. I'm generally mastering your personality. It's not really INTP specific. I do mention INTP related things because I am an INTP and an Enneagram one, and I have a rebel tendency and the four tendencies and human design stuff and blah, 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 blah. But the idea of this podcast episode is talking about concepts that help to help to focus you in on mastering your personality versus getting distraction getting distracted by comparison comparing yourself. My words are just not working today. By comparing yourself to others or wishing you had a different manner of being or thinking or working with. And uh I kind of land on a big insight for myself, I suppose, in terms of how I'm feeling and, uh, all that fun stuff. So it's a bit of a meandering podcast, but I needed to talk and, uh, here you are. So (laughs) enjoy this episode of dopamine and other happy chemicals. Let's hit the button and do the thing. Let's go. talk for a moment about something I'm calling mastering your personality, something I'm thinking about for myself and the, the difficulties of growing as a person often come from comparison. I mean, from any sort of human development scope or any personality system, I think it can really, really hard, can be really hard to grow, to allow yourself to grow when there's a rampant amount of comparison and it's, it's not, it's not easy to not compare, but just to notice that the comparison exists. So for the most part on this podcast and the YouTube channel that I have, I've been speaking about and to INTPs because that's my personality type in the Myers-Briggs system. I've also mentioned my Enneagram one side. I've also mentioned my rebel tendency in the four tendencies and um, being a generator in human design and all sorts of other systems. And ultimately what I found the most useful is that by understanding these things and understanding these tendencies or understanding the tendencies that stem from them, that I can do at least a little bit of a better job every day of trying to stay in my own lane because there are frustrations and woes that come from every personality type and every unique human experience, right? Personality types are just ways of trying to categorize and map the brain in a more holistic way because you, it's, it's not easy to, you know, get access to brain scan technology or to like open up someone's brain and literally see where the signals are firing or even feel within your own brain the nuances of where all of the signals are firing. Even if you can kind of feel in your brain what's happening, you can kind of, it's like a cluster. And I think in a lot of ways, that's where personality systems are looking for patterns, is the clustering of patterns of behavior. Uh, And it's not even just about traits or behavior, but it's, it's ways of thinking, ways of being, tendencies, right? And so there's, there's patterns there that there are, 
16 personality types or nine Enneagram types or 27 subtypes or even uh, 56, I think it's 56 sequences, of instinctual sequences, possibilities. Uh, and then you can go further and further down the line. And there are all sorts of other subtypes emerging from different systems and stuff like that. But the idea is that all of these subtypes and all of these drilling downs are trying to get at deeper details. And the further you get down into the details, the more individual uh, expressions there are. It's It becomes more of a fingerprint that you're looking at, less so a pattern. And each fingerprint is unique. But like if you look at a fingerprint on the surface, and you just look at my fingerprint compared to your fingerprint, you might not necessarily be able to tell the difference at a glance. You know, you might look for patterns in a different way, maybe skin pigmentation or the shape of the finger or the fingernail or something like that. And that might create some, you know, some of those own patterns. But what makes a fingerprint unique is like all of the individual details that we dive into. And so from my perspective of understanding and mastering our own personality type, it's a willingness to drill into those nuances and details of what makes us us. And the hard part of doing that is that it can become an increasingly lonely and challenging place. Uh, I know for me, I feel like as I get to know these things about myself as an INTP or Enneagram 1, etc., that there are fewer comparison points. And I know that early on when you're learning about personality types, it's safer to play in the space of patterns or it's safer to play in the space of archetypes. It's safer to play in the space of like, I am equal to or similar to this other person instead of going into the uniqueness of self, because you go into the uniqueness of self and that gets lonelier because there's less comparison, but then there's also less excuses and there's also, or I should say fewer excuses. There are fewer things that you can run away from. Like there are some things that you just have to accept about yourself that you either can or cannot do. One of the frustrations that I feel as an INTP sometimes is feeling like most of the thoughts that I'm going to have in my life or that I've worked through might be either wrong or not useful, not interesting, or they just won't matter. And I spend a lot of time thinking. I think about a lot of things. I try to parse out so much about existence. And there are consequently also other personality types who are really great at doing things and they excel in the external structures of what they're surrounded by. And as an INTP, and perhaps you're listening and relate to this as a fellow INTP, that there is, uh, it's difficult to navigate these systems, especially if you have other neuroses going on, you have other challenges, you have personal traumas growing up. Uh, you know, it might be one thing if I was an ENTJ who had some issues, like I can at least still get a hit from getting things done. <laughs> and, um, you know, I get a hit from getting things done as an INTP, but it's getting things done that I want to do as an introverted thinking person versus an ENTJ who's an extroverted thinking person who is, you know, a little bit more ordered typically, and they can figure out priorities of what's going to get them to the goal that they're trying to meet. Whereas with introverted thinking, it's not really about goals. It's just like learning things that we want to learn. And there's really not even really a choice of the things that we want to learn. It's more so scanning the room 
and then there's like something that happens in your brain that's like, oh yeah, that's the one. That's interesting. And there's not even re- like I don't even understand what that is personally. <laughs> I I sometimes will go to a bookstore and I will scan uh, a shelf of books, and I'll, I'll first scan the genres, then I'll f- scan like the genre that I think I want to dive into, and then I'll just whether it's the cover of the book or the topic or the author or the shape and feel and size of the book. I can't even describe it. There's just something in me that says yes or no. And now part of that is my Enneagram instinct of being a, a, an Enneagram one, a body type. But I also think that as an INTP that is drilling down into topics that I find interesting, I don't necessarily feel like I have a choice as to what I find interesting. I mean, I ultimately choose like I, I, I know in my mind, or I, I, I can feel the chemical reaction of what feels right versus what doesn't feel right, or, or what, uh, what is interesting versus what is not interesting. But I, as a self, as one step removed, don't feel like I necessarily have a choice there, right? And that brings up all sorts of other questions about free will and stuff like that, and that gets into much more esoteric territory that... Is not really useful here. Um, <laughs> speaking of not useful thoughts, um, so it's it's difficult to feel motivated as an INTP to do external things, to do things that are expected of you. To um, and I, when I mean you, I mean I'm referencing myself. Like I've I've had a lot of challenges there, but I think ultimately this idea of mastering your personality type or mastering your personality is understanding that personality is just like persona. It's a shell. It's like the mask, right? And that even though as an authentic INTP, right? Like uh, INFPs and ENFPs are typically seen as authentic, more of the FI authentic, but introverted thinking is also an identity related function. Um, It's a different type of personal, but it's still personal. And so when I talk about introspection in previous podcast episodes, like introspection is being done through the introverted thinking process. Uh, and then for FI, it's done through the introverted feeling process. And because I lead with this function of introverted thinking, this ability to look at data and all of its bits and points and, and see things as a meshwork and create distinctions, it's like taking a concept and being able to deconstruct it and put it back together. Um, Whereas like with uh, ISTP, for example, it's more like literally taking a car apart and putting it back together. With an INTP, it's more conceptual. You can conceptually take something apart and put it back together, which is powerful. And it does, it can be useful. Um, but I think there is a, there's a, almost like a Darwinian law of returns there. <laughs> like, um it's got to be such a profound thought. It's got to be something that's so in depth and so completely constructed that it does, it, it is eventually seen as valid. And I think that's really hard to be seen as valid as an ITP and introverted thinking person. So mastering your personality is, is a willingness to dive into the insecurities, to dive into the comparisons, to dive into really understanding self, not self as something you wish wasn't 
something just like self as it is. Um, and like your personality is not necessarily fully yourself, right? Like there's an observable person that's able to observe your personality. Like, what is that? And then you start trying to observe that <laughs> and then it gets into this weird territory. Uh, it's called the watcher concept. If that's something you want to look up on like YouTube and stuff, it's like noticing it's like, there's, there's this idea of like, uh, Ram Dass talked about once that someone asked about depression. Like, I'm a depressed person. How do I deal with this? Ramdas said to them, like, is the person that's, if, is this, is the someone in you that's noticing that you're depressed, is that part depressed? And then they were like, no. And it's like, oh, that's interesting. Cause like, you can keep going further back, further back. And it's not necessarily a dissociation so much as it's an awareness. It's a distancing. It's a not getting so entangled in this idea of personality or mental health or whatever identity, right? This idea of some sort of fixed identity. And, um, so when I'm, I talk about mastering personality, it's like mastering identity, really. It's a mastering yourself. It's mastering the awareness of your tendencies, of your chemical reactions, of your thought patterns, of your insecurities. I think I already said that, uh, and your responses, your reactions, really. Because, like, there, there are times when your reactions are useful. Like I said, looking at a wall of books, and I notice my reaction, and then I say, oh, okay, that's interesting. That must mean that there's something in me, there's something in my mind, there's something within my brain space that I maybe not have conscious attachment to or awareness of that is grabbing onto that, and then... Instead of just compulsively doing it, you're, you kind of acknowledge it and you're like, okay, great. This is what we need right now. Um, <clears throat> but then there are other compulsions or reactions that are not helpful to life that affect your chemistry. For me, I'm starting to learn that if I'm more so in a flight response more of the time, that I probably shouldn't be eating as much sugar or caffeine and it would be helpful for me to be able to manage my own chemical being um, by sometimes maybe using downers, sleepy time tea or something like that to help me calm down or help me relax or help me sleep when my engine's already running like on high alert all the time. And that's just a noticing, right? I think like most of the time mastering personality is about noticing. It's just noticing yourself. It's like for me, I just, I'm trying to notice what's happening with me all the time. And part of why I wanted to record this podcast is because I was having those insecure thoughts this morning. I hadn't been working for five days because I've been sick. I don't know if you can kind of hear it in my voice. It's a little nasally. And I haven't been able to really give my all into the things that I do enjoy doing. And resting is really hard for me. Uh, and my method of getting a lot of things done is just using my introverted thinking faster. <laughs> uh, and it's a little bit dizzying, right? And so I, I was just thinking about my introverted thinking versus like extroverted thinking, for example, a lot of INTPs wish that they were INTJs, right? Because there's like an accomplishment aspect to it. Like once an INTJ really gets into a good rhythm, they can take their introverted intuitive visions and start to work toward them and bring them to, to fruition. Um, 
but you know, that's a grass is greener situation. They have introverted feeling to contend with. They have all, everybody's got their problems. And so if we pick and choose what someone else has got good going on, then it's really easy for us to also then dismiss what we've got good going on. And I think that's another aspect of mastering personality is not harboring on the cynic part of you or the um, clean slicing your own experience to the point of frustration. And so as an INTP with introverted thinking, there's a lot of thoughts. There's a lot of parsed out individual pieces. There's a big, there's thousands of puzzle pieces on the table from multiple puzzles and it can be frustrating because sometimes you're like, I do this all my life and this is something I'm very comfortable with, but sometimes you just get tired of it, especially when there are external demands. One of the biggest, um, one of the most helpful definitions of stress for me is literally thinking about stress as tension between two points. And I think we experience stress because conceptually there is a tension between where we are and where we feel like we need to be. And there will always be stress if we're not accepting where we are and who we are and what we can and what we possess and what we can do. And so for me, I feel this pain every once in a while when I'm sick or destabilized in some sort of way where I get caught up in that, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a master of personality. Like I'm not a master human being by any sense of the imagination, but I'm trying to learn how to master being an INTP. I'm trying to learn how to improve my introverted thinking all the time. I, how I'm distinguishing between, is this an introverted thinking process? Am I trying to add two ideas here? Or am I trying to create distinctions or separations rather? There's a difference between distinctions and separations. Distinctions are kind of like I said, taking a concept apart and looking at its individual pieces. Separation is us versus them. Is this is this my group of people or their group of people? Or am I trying to create a distinction between, you know, who I am versus who they are? It's more of an extroverted feeling thing. Anyway, I'm always trying to discern and not necessarily categorize, but uh, just noticing if I'm snared in a conceptual trap or not. Because it's harder. It's so much harder to notice when you're snared in a conceptual trap uh, of, of getting caught in something like comparison where you are maybe surrounded or see the amazing talents of an extroverted thinking person who is seamlessly getting things done in the outside world and doing it in order, in a productive order that gets it accomplished and makes them money and, you know, gets them into a more comfortable life. Whereas for me as an introverted thinking person, it can be really hard because my, my thought process, my prioritization is more of a word cloud that is constantly shifting as like the priority comes into view. And then maybe I lose touch with the concept and the concept starts to disappear and it's no longer interesting. And then somebody else comes in and asks you for it. And I'm like, well, it's not there anymore. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's, it's not it's not, it's not easy to just like, you know, grab it and do something with it. And so 
learning those things about myself helps me to realize what ways that I can stand up for myself or set boundaries or, or seek the, you know, the right types of projects or, um, uh, uh, creative expressions that I want to take on. And so I think that's, that's really like the whole thing, like mastering your personality is like chiseling away all of the things that aren't you all of the things that you're trying to be that you aren't and it's so tricky because we have to stretch we we got to stretch those muscles sometimes i'm learning that it's very easy to be like a spiritually escapist sometimes when i learn high-minded concepts and i use those concepts to create a separation between myself and others right like through maybe judgment it's like you you notice and learn your own neuroses and then you start to see all of the neuroses in other people and then my generation as millennials were very judgy about the external world anyway and that's not really helpful either uh to to my figuring myself out because there's very much generational things to parse as well uh i kind of lost my train of thought by doing the millennial <laughs> reference point um what I'm, what I'm trying to say, I think, is <clears throat> that as a, as a person trying to get to know my own experience, that the more that I compare that to another experience in a way that's self-harming, <clears throat> that, uh, it keeps me out of my own lane of mastering who I am, of getting on my own path figuring out my own life's journey and doing what I want to do. I'm finding that the more that I get rid of the things that I don't want to do, that the more it feels like new opportunities are coming in, that there are new things that I can try because I'm clearing the clutter, I'm getting rid of all this old stuff that I'm just attached to and clinging to because it just feels like something that I should do. Um, oh, I was talking about separation from myself and society. And I'm, I'm almost learning to let myself be neurotic sometimes, <laughs> is what I was trying to say before. Uh, as much as I can notice my neuroticism, it's not about not being human. That's like more of the Enneagram one trap, right? Of making myself not human by understanding how the humans operate and not being that. Uh, I'm not a robot by an INTP standard or Enneagram one standard. And uh, it's not fair for me to operate that way. So I get to be mu human. I get to have human moments you know, what happened with like Chris Rock and Will Smith with the slap, like I, I see that as like Will Smith had a human moment. Chris Rock also had a very mature response. And, uh, you know, it's just like human moments are interesting. They're things to notice. There's things that happen. Um, but as long as you're not doing the equivalent of driving from place to place and not being aware of what happened in between. It's an increased awareness of self, mastering personality, mastering who you are, mastering your experience. And many of us are the walking dead. Many of us are unconsciously doing things. And the more that we're unconsciously doing things, the less we're aware of the life around us, the, the less we're aware of 
what we're doing, the less we're alive, the less we're actually experiencing each minute. Like the more that we're able to notice what's happening within ourselves, the more we're fully alive is really what I'm trying to say. Okay. That helps me kind of get that out a little bit. I mean, I'm feeling a little preachy. I don't want to feel preachy. (laughs) I just, I don't have a personal story necessarily other than like, I've just been feeling like, um, caught up in my own web a little bit of comparison, caught up in my own, um, feelings of like wishing I was a different personality type or that I could access different tools sometimes. I think I'm also frustrated that I'm still sick. I've been sick for about a week. I'm at the tail end of it. And, um, I, there's a lot of things I want to do. And I think I get frustrated at, um, you know, I fall into the same pattern that a lot of INTPs have spoken about falling into, which is that, I start to dream up a project and I start to conceive the project in my mind. And if I don't start doing the project and I quote unquote finish the idea in my head, the idea starts to fade because it needs to make room for other things to come in and I can't hold on to it. Right. Uh, That's that introverted sensing hubris a little bit of trying to hold on to the completeness of a thought that I can just access and use at any time. Not necessarily the case with everything, especially something that's fully filleted out as a, as a concept or something you want to bring out into the world. Ultimately, the complexity of our thought process of my thought process can't necessarily be fully captured. If anything gets out into the world, it's going to be simplified anyway. And I, I I need to kind of allow that process to happen, uh, as it naturally would. So I I think I'm just feeling, I think if I, if I drill down into it, if I'm being fully, completely honest with myself as I talk more throughout this podcast, I think I'm feeling some some grief around um, where my thoughts go. And I, I guess I wanted to share that because maybe you relate to that as an INTP, that every thought that you have, <clears throat> whether it's valid or not, I think, well, first of all, I think every thought is valid whether or not it becomes a concept or an idea or something useful is different, difficult. It's like, it's like all your babies constantly being killed. (laughs) It's like, uh, you know, it's just a tadpoles constantly being murdered. (laughs) Tadpole thoughts just constantly getting killed. Uh, and you know, I think, uh, I think it's easy to have gone through my entire life feeling like it's easy to to just dismiss that. Like, it's fine. It's just like, that's what happens. But, uh, now I'm feeling a little bit of, of something around grieving that. Uh, but I think that's part of the acceptance process too. It's like, it's like when something or someone in your life passes away, there's eventually a process of accepting that this person's gone, that, uh, they're not going to be around anymore, that you are going to go to the places where you would expect to have them there and they're not there anymore. And I think I can experience that with my thoughts. It's like, I want to be able to have a thought or something that I can create or execute on at a specific moment. And 
when I get to the moment where it's time to execute on it, it's not there anymore. And uh, there's something sad about that, I think. Uh, there's probably more to explore there, but there's there's something hitting me around that. Anyway, I guess that's how I feel about some of these podcast episodes, too, is like, where does this go? Uh, I get a lot of comments that are just like, you're just rambling. And I'm like, yeah, I know. All my tadpoles are just dying. <laughs> <laughs> no one wants to listen to dead tadpoles. <laughs> uh, uh, and so uh, that's like part of my process too, I guess, is like I'm, I've been posting more memes on Instagram, you know, and uh, there's also something where I'm realizing that a lot of my serious thoughts and tone are not always helpful. Sometimes I'll say something serious and then someone misconstrues it and use it for their, uses it for their own means. And I'm like, no, that's not what it was intended for. No, don't do use it for destruction. Um, and I, I, I don't know. It's just, uh, I think that's part of also accepting that not every thought is worth putting out in its literal interpretation or doing it in my Enneagram one way of being so serious. I'm trying to be lighter. I'm trying to be more fun. Um, and this podcast has definitely not necessarily been fun, but, um, it's in the process of getting there and there's a, a, a tension release that I think I'm, I'm working through here. So to wrap this up and try to bring this home, mastering your personality, the number one thing is like noticing, right? I'm noticing and laughing at my own desire to be serious and to be some sort of serious teacher guru person. Like, what is that? Why? Uh, especially when all my tadpole ideas are constantly dying. They're just, they're just by natural causes or they're getting eaten by a bird or something. I don't know what, what eats tadpoles, fish, other fish eat tadpoles. Uh, whatever's eating my tadpole thoughts and just disappearing into the ether. Uh, it's just going and going and going. And, uh, so, okay, I'll leave you one last idea. Because this is something that I can do, and I think some INTPs really struggle with this, is like getting peace from your mind. Not peace of mind, peace from your mind. I think there's an important distinction here, and something I might flesh out in a future topic, future podcast. Peace of mind is typically trying to make the external world match you. That's where you get into tyrant territory. There's tyrants all over the world. Everybody's a tyrant of some kind. Trying to make the external world match their needs so that you can get some peace. But then there's peace from mind. Peace from mind is sort of getting into the reasons why you want peace in the first place <laughs> and getting peace from the internal chatter in your head and getting some calm from that and uh, learning to stop the chatter in your own mind is a long winded process. It's not necessarily something I can teach in a podcast. Um, but perhaps something I'll, I'll, I'll see if I can figure out, you know, how I can parse that together. The closest I can get to is the cosmic calibration program I've created, um, which is really amazing and useful if you're trying to unlock some of your intuition and explore new ideas and, and maybe get out of your head a little bit. So that's at happychemicals.org. But I also think that, um, I'm going to think on this because maybe there's something else I can put together that could capture all of the ideas that can help you to meditate and practice a little bit of 
mindfulness in the INTP way, right? I think there's a lot of mindfulness out there that talks about um, clearing your mind. And it's like, you know, the NI person is like so good at clearing their, they're like, yeah, this is, they get a chemical reward from clearing their mind or the SI person gets a chemical reward from clearing their mind. Uh, but an introverted thinking person, there's so much chatter. It's constantly just words and sparks and thoughts and ideas and concepts and it's dizzying. How do you stop the dizzying? Uh, and, uh, I don't have an easy answer other than practicing meditation, uh, and just noticing the physical environment around you. And every time, you know, you have to like unlock the watcher concept first of being able to notice your thoughts. And then you notice you're having a thought and you're like, yeah, huh? Huh? all right. Nope. Not right now. And just like stopping it, letting it fade. It's a hard process. So I'm going to think on that and figure out how to express that. But, um, yeah, I think that's it. I don't know. I feel like I can just talk. I, I feel like I haven't really had uh, an opportunity to talk lately, so I'm using the podcast for it. So anyway, I appreciate you so very much for listening. If you listen to this whole thing, it means you must like my thought process, and I appreciate you for that, not letting my tadpoles die. <laughs> um, and so, as I mentioned, I have Cosmic Calibration. I have other courses about productivity, about um, energetic empowerment for INTPs. That means understanding your energetic shifts and roles as an INTP and other stuff. So happychemicals.org, go check that out. Like and subscribe if you haven't already. Leave a comment if you have a question, a topic you'd like me to cover. And um, that's really it. So I'm going to go live my life and do my day. And I appreciate you so very much. And I'll catch you next time on Dopamine and other happy chemicals. See ya.